everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Glad to have you with us on the program today. Good to be here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Uh, Shocker women, by the way, got a win in the opening round of the AAC tournament yesterday against Temple. They led wire to wire, and now they get the tall, tall order of trying to take down USF. South Florida's really good. That game, uh, pregame coverage begins right here on KFH at 1145. Um... We'll have more on what's coming up on the network today a little later here. Lots of good stuff. We're talking Chiefs right now. We got through the Orlando Brown portion of yesterday's news. You can always chime in there on social media or at 869-1240. Let's go to the other side of it now in Frank Clark. My, um, uh, you know, Tommy, it's for a long time, and, and people call me a hater and all these things on Frank Clark because I didn't like the deal at the time that the Chiefs made it. I was one of the very few people. I, I got just roasted. It's when I learned about uh, the Chiefs is when I learned real quick about the Chiefs uh, media following. There's a lot of them that just blindly think everything is always amazing. And I was and, and the fact that I pointed that out, I, I, I took a lot of heat for that. And I, I think I still believe that they, that they overpaid, but it was but it's but it was worth it. And Frank Clark's time in Kansas City is really interesting. The overpay was certainly worth it to me because they won two Super Bowls and He's been one of the best postseason pass rushers ever, right? That's been a big part of what they've done. It hasn't been consistent or particularly productive in the regular season at, you know, a, a lot of the time. And he's had some off the field issues. But I don't think there's anybody, Tommy, that'll look back now and say that, you know, Frank Clark's time in Kansas City wasn't worth it because he did have that big of an impact in the postseason. And, you know, I think it's been. A situation that, you know, they've navigated well. And now at the end of it, I again, just like Orlando Brown, and I think it's I think it's the right move to make. If if you can't get him to come down on that salary, he's just not producing at that level. And, you know, you've you've did pretty well. Karloftis looked good. Now you've got to go get another pass rusher. But here's the thing with Clark for me that's a little different than Brown, Tommy. Brown while he wasn't the best left tackle, he was good and effective. Frank Clark wasn't really that effective in the regular season the last couple of years. So, you know, I, I think the chances of replicating at least his regular season production are probably better than Orlando Brown just because the bar's just a little bit lower than it, than it is for Orlando Brown. I think that in the big scheme of things with the way that Kansas City's defense looks right now, especially if they let Frank Clark walk, I think that any sort of uh, hesitations about releasing Frank Clark could go away if the Chiefs are able to sign Chris Jones to a long-term extension. And that's something that needs to happen right away. If you get Chris Jones yeah. signed, uh, then I think people will say Frank Clark who? Uh, but if, if you don't, I mean, because keep in mind, by releasing Frank Clark, that opens up quite a bit of cap money. And so they've got that opportunity now to, I would think, sign Chris Jones to a long-term extension. And so that's got to be, in my mind, priority number one on the defensive side of the ball. Outside of the draft, outside of free agency, outside of anything else, you should have the cap room now to be able to sign Chris Jones to a long-term extension. You're able to make that happen? I think that everybody will feel fairly comfortable with letting Frank Clark move on. And, and what Frank Clark has done 
inside a vacuum when you look at his contributions to the postseason run for Kansas City. He's got the third most sacks in NFL history in the postseason. Um, you know, th there was regular season Frank Clark that we all know, and there was postseason Frank Clark. Uh, the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, two and a half sacks. That was huge. He was a huge reason why Kansas City won that game and moved on to the Super Bowl. Um, so I think that his contributions absolutely will be looked back on in a positive light. Uh, you know, he was definitely inconsistent, I think is the most positive word to say about Frank Clark during the regular season. Uh, but when it mattered the most in, in the playoffs, that's when he came to play. And so I'll miss those contributions for sure. But I definitely think that it's going to be a little bit easier to bring in somebody who can produce at a high level at that position on the defensive side of the ball than it would be to expect that the Chiefs can bring in somebody that can replace the production of Orlando Brown next season. You know, the interesting thing is, too, in the same, you know, replacement method that you, you could see the Chiefs following for Orlando Brown, which is trading up to identify a player they really like because they have the draft capital. They probably can't do it for both of those guys. So... Again, it, it's so hard when we when we talk about this stuff without really knowing what the Chiefs and and their people think of a draft class. Um, is there a free because free agent like the the problem is Tommy? If you try to solve that position through free agency, it's one of the most expensive positions in football. So if if you didn't like Frank Clark at his price tag, is there another pass rusher in free agency you could identify? I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the best way. Uh, uh, you know, a grizzly veteran that you can plug and play, maybe. But it, it, it would appear that it's a draft. You know, it's a draft spot. And, we, we, you know, you can only do so much. You only have so much money and so many draft picks. And now I think there are three very clear areas of need, and that's a wide receiver. And who knows what happens with Juju. I think there's traction with maybe bringing him back, but I want to know the price tag. You so you if you want to go after D Hop, who's the Chiefs have always been the odds on favorite. Are you really going to give up the draft capital you need now to take care of these high positions of need? This is why I said I liked Allen Robinson yesterday because I think they might need that second round pick. I mean, I think it. You know, whatever you decide to do here, giving up a second now, knowing Orlando Brown and Frank Clark probably aren't back, that gets a little harder to swallow. And maybe that enhances you know another run with Juju. Maybe that enhances a trade for a. You know, there's going to be – there were a lot of guys cut. Robert Woods was cut. Like, there are talented receivers that got cut. Adam that you Thielen. Do, yep. And Thielen, Thielen I, th I do think, has lost a step. I, I think Thielen would be – I'm not sure how he would fit. Uh, but DJ I, Chark I think, is out there. Kenny Galladay is out there. There you go. Now you're talking. Kenny Galladay is going to be looking for redemption for sure, and he's done nothing. He's been one of the most overpaid players in the history of the league based on production. But there, there will be some guys very similar to what you had with Juju and, and MVS last offseason that maybe you just kick that can down the road again and take your chances. with. T because I think if we're talking about, like, biggest area of, e of needs now, that's either the third or the fourth because left tackle becomes number one, pass rusher yep. becomes number two, then another corner or a wide receiver probably comes becomes 3A and 3B. 
And I've been saying all along that uh, if the Chiefs were trading a second round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins, I would probably be okay with that. I'm not sure that I'm okay yeah, with it anymore. Know. Now yeah. that we know that Orlando Brown and and Frank Clark are not coming back, because that opens up some needs where you might want to go and, tra- and draft a player at one of those positions with a second round pick. You mentioned Grizzly veterans uh, at the the pass rush. For next season and maybe more of like a situational or backup kind of role, because I do right. think that I would like to see Kansas City draft uh, a young pass rusher with well, sure. maybe a, yeah. a higher draft pick and then bringing in a, a veteran couple names on the free agent market that I don't know. I don't know what their interest level would be in uh, coming back to Kansas City. But how about Justin Houston, who's a free agent or Melvin Ingram, who's a free agent? Both of those guys have played. For Andy Reid, played for the Chiefs. They're both free agents. I would imagine that you could get them for a little bit of a discount. Justin Houston's pretty old. I mean, he's played for like 13 years. But Melvin you know, Ingram's th- pretty old too. Me- yeah, so, you're yeah. right. But you know, you could get them at maybe a discount, and those could be a couple of guys. One or both of them could be guys that you know could be a situational, not an every down pass rusher, but bring them in on third downs kind of thing, and maybe help mentor along George Karloftis and whoever another young pass rusher would be from the draft. There's no question, and and the Chiefs have the advantage now that great teams have that those guys will come play there for, you know, at the yep. end of their careers for less, and that and that is an advantage. There's no doubt about it. The other thing I wouldn't, I I just don't count out the Chiefs doing what they've done so many times, and that's identifying a player with a couple years left on the deal, that plays maybe for a team that's not in a position to win or, um, or to to pay that player right now for the chiefs to get aggressive and go get their player that way and trade one of the high end picks to do that. I think they could absolutely do that with a pass rusher. Now I'm not going to sit here and guess at who that might be, but they're out there. Those players are out there just like Orlando Brown was out there, just like Frank Clark was out there when they made that deal. I mean, those players are out there. So if there's a team that, you know, looks like they may have to enter a rebuild, but they have some good players they're not going to be able to pay when the time comes or it doesn't make sense for them to pay. That's how you identify and go after those teams too. And we'll see. I mean, those guys are going to be out there too. I think, you know, the options are all out there. I do think with all of this in totality, the absolute top priority though becomes a plan for left tackle. What is the plan for left tackle? If it's sliding somebody over there, Okay, fine. Then then that lessens the need there. Because the one thing the Chiefs have shown us is, man, they have been really, really good at drafting offensive linemen in recent years. And so, you know, that that I think is something that you can probably, and, and this goes to your point about just trusting, they have identified offensive linemen in the draft really well lately. So if they have another great draft class like they've had the last two years, this will all be fine. And, and teams do that, right? The Cowboys have had great draft classes for years and years and years. So, you know, teams that get it right, get it right consistently. They're, they're just on it right now, and, and hopefully that still happens. But this wide receiver stuff becomes far less important now, even though I think it's important to the team. If you got to kick that can down the road with a cheaper option, because there are some receivers, quite frankly, that, that it, you can fill the room with if they're looking for get-right deals. Uh, just like you had with Juju. And I and who knows, maybe Juju comes back. He seemed to really like it. I think he was a good fit. I think they liked him. I just don't think the production was there. Um, but it, it, he has value, obviously. And maybe you go just take a shot with one of these other veteran guys and hope the two young guys continue to develop. And, and, and maybe you just draft somebody in the third round. There's receiver talent all over the league. 
but we'll see. It's It's been an interesting start to the Chiefs offseason. I think they're making clear statements. I think they continue to want to get younger at these positions and stretch this window out. And it's far less urgent than it has been the last two off seasons, quite frankly. Um, it, you know, this one feels like they have a little more wiggle room than the last two. And now they also have the second Super Bowl monkey off their back too, Tommy. Like the pressure's off of Kansas City now, I think. You know, all the pressure's on everybody else. The pressure to win that second Super Bowl, they're good now. Like their dynasty's established, cemented everything. They're good to go. I it, To me, it doesn't really, you know, if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl next year, it's like, okay, it's fine. We got two of them. And if it takes an extra year to rebuild, okay. But man, they have such an advantage over the rest of the league right now that I think that they're going to be fine either way, regardless of what tack they take. They can get it wrong. I'm not yeah. saying I they, they can absolutely get it wrong, but I think the pressure to get it right is a little bit less. Well, think about when they brought in Frank Clark and when they brought in Orlando Brown. So different situations, different years. Yep. Desperation with both of them. They brought in Frank Clark right after the AFC Championship loss to New England inside Arrowhead when D Ford lined up offsides and they had to have a better pass rusher and they brought in Frank Clark. That was a desperation move for Kansas City. When they brought in Orlando Brown, they were fresh off of the Buccaneers loss in the Super Bowl when the offensive line was god-awful and there was desperation. It's different now. Both of those guys, they brought in for reasons, very specific reasons that were desperate in nature. And I, I don't feel like anybody is sitting there saying that, you know, it, it's desperate time right now with either one of them. And so that's why, you know, yeah, like, I, I like Frank Clark. I like his personality. I like what he did in the postseason. Um, I kind of feel uh, fairly the same way with him that I felt about Teron Matthew leaving last year, like in a little bit different. I liked Matthew more than, than Clark, but kind of like, all right, you know, you contributed a lot and we're, we were glad to have you there, but it's not going to make sense for you to stay long-term as opposed to re-sign him at all costs. It doesn't matter what it takes, bring him back. That's not how I feel about either one of these guys. Yeah, me, me neither, and and we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of work to do. I'm excited about this offseason, not just for the Chiefs, but across the league. One of the big reasons are these quarterbacks. We're going to give you the latest on uh, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers next, and then when the next hour we'll spend probably a little more, more time. Uh, Tommy and I disagree on this. On the Tom Brady news we learned about yesterday, 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll give some more stuff away. Lots to go here on Sports Daily on a Tuesday. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor. Coming right back at you.